Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, hey, it's the second episode of the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. In our first ever episode, Ian explained why Bitcoin's the main character. If you're trying to get into cryptocurrency, Bitcoin is the one to pay attention to. But, you know, he left us with a cliffhanger. He revealed that in this story, Bitcoin is also the villain. So let's dive in. I think actually the first time I really heard about Bitcoin years ago was that it's it was something that criminals were using. Mm-hmm. So interesting how that was. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So it's like propaganda kind of anti anti crypto. Ooh, only criminals use it. It's funny how that was like one of the first exposures that a lot of people had to it. It's very true, but it's true. It is true. What criminals use. Bitcoin it is in true. their financial transactions. <laughs> it is true. They also use the banks too. So why it are we is, mad? Right. That's the that's the point, right? It is true that quote unquote criminals were using Bitcoin on the Silk Road, right? And they were buying and selling drugs, right? And I'm sure there was a bunch of other stuff going on. If anyone's interested, go Google the Silk Road story. Um, it's a very interesting story. While they were using Bitcoin to do these illegal things, A, people are also doing those with every other currency in the world. If you're buying cocaine in Mexico, you're buying it in the peso or you're probably buying it in the dollar, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. So like- They prefer the dollar. Everyone prefers the dollar. You know, legitimate people, criminals, they all prefer the dollar. So all crime, almost all crime on this planet is happening in dollar. It is just also happening in Bitcoin. And this goes a little into the- the fundamental ideas of how Bitcoin is money is that people are having transactions in what they value. So the majority of crime on the planet happens in dollars because the majority of the planet values dollars. But people are also transacting in Bitcoin, which means on a certain level, they also value Bitcoin. You give me some Bitcoin and I will render you services or a product. The fact that crime is happening with Bitcoin is almost proof that it's money. Because criminals Plot wouldn't twist. criminals wouldn't use something that has no value. Why am I committing crime for a thing that yeah, has no absolutely, value? Absolutely. All right. So criminals use Bitcoin. Whatever. What's the big deal? Okay. You got me there, but you actually haven't told me why Bitcoin is the villain. I was I was just guessing. You know, I, I thought you were gonna say uh Bitcoin is the villain because I, I it is the villain to the current financial system, specifically the banks, mm. right? You know, I, I basically laid out how if you had your money in a savings account in a bank earning, I think the current rate now is like 0.1% or something like that. And I had my money sitting in Bitcoin earning 100% a year. Where would you want to park your money for the next decade? If everything holds true, it's very obvious that you would hold your money in Bitcoin, right? And so that means that the banks have to figure out how to pay over 100% interest on your money in order for you to leave your money in a bank. And their business model is not predicated on that. Their business model is predicated on, I give you the leftovers mm-hmm. after I've made my money. So the bankers, while they're all trying to play it cool, right? Everyone's kind of just being like, oh, Bitcoin's not money. And you know, this internet fake money and people are gambling or whatever. 
they are terrified. They are utterly terrified and they have not figured out what to do. That scenario I just laid out to you, that's not a hypothetical scenario. That is what has happened over the past decade. And that is factual. Banks were paying basically no interest on your money and Bitcoin was paying over 100%. They can't keep that up for another decade. You know, calling them a villain suggests that they're they're the bad guy. Isn't Bitcoin kind of the solution to our problems in a in a positive way? It is. In a spiritual way? It is. The majority of the planet is not bankers. <laughs> The majority of the planet doesn't really care if bankers make money. The majority of the planet just doesn't want to go broke living a normal life. And so apparently in the world that we live in, I got to earn more than 0.1% on my money to not go broke. And here's a free technology that's offering that versus the existing product, which is the bank. I it's, just, a vil- it's a villain to the bankers. It it's really not a villain is. To the planet. And, and it's, uh, I mean, just I'm, I just had flashbacks to when we were buying our house and just how horrible the whole lending process was. And just, we just had the world's worst lenders, like complete charlatans. But I just remember it. You just would keep saying, if we could do this with Bitcoin, this would be done. Like it wouldn't matter. This would like, you know, the panic of needing to transfer this much money from that account to this account. Like it was just so antiquated And I don't think I had done things like that in at least a decade. And it was just shocking to me that the financial industry has not made the same technological advances that like every other industry has been forced to. It's so inefficient. It's so whatever processing fee they have, like bullshit. It's not costing you anything to process this. But what are you going to do? You got to pay it. You got to do it. You're stuck. We're stuck stuck with the U.S. dollar and... You know, I don't know how far you want to take that analogy. One of the original, Bitcoin is property. In addition to being a money, it is digital property. Imagine we got on boats and sailed across the ocean and found another continent. And this continent was consisted of 21 quadrillion acres of land. Anyone on the planet, the minute that that continent was discovered, could buy an acre or as many acres as they wanted. Well, right now, that island is Bitcoin. Go try to buy a house. Yes, it is very difficult. But if you think that Bitcoin is property on the planet right now, and you can acquire it from any country in the world, and that property appreciates in value just like your other property, and because there's there's a finite amount of it, everyone can always assess their actual value to what they think something is worth. And what's happening with the dollar right now, as the United States prints more and more dollars, If you can't increase the supply of Bitcoin, by default, the price has to go up. So as long as the United States keeps printing money, Bitcoin is going to go up. So you tell me how long is that going to go on? Because we've been printing money since I've been alive. All right. So Bitcoin is easy to buy. Very. Allegedly. This is a secret. I've never told anyone. I've never bought Bitcoin. It's okay. How do you do it? It's actually not 100% true, right? Because like you have that Bitcoin credit card. Oh, I do have a Bitcoin credit card. Well, so We have a Bitcoin credit card. So Ian got us a credit card. Instead of accruing points, we accrue Bitcoin as our rewards. Yep. And that's the main credit card that we use now. It's pretty much the only credit card that we use unless we're buying something from Amazon. Apply Don't the- tell people our business. <laughs> But to that point, like apply the same scenario I just did to the banks to 
reward points systems. Why would I ever take airline points? They give you airline points because they make it seem like it's easier. Oh, it's digital and it's so much easier for us to give it to you. Okay, cool. I'd rather have Bitcoin and I'd rather actually hold that Bitcoin and I will decide what to do with it. And so this credit card with Bitcoin as the rewards, the appreciation of the Bitcoin is actually paying for the card. <laughs> the card is going to pay itself off in theory. You can't do that with any other credit card. That's the type of things that's, that Bitcoin makes possible. Oh, that credit card, that credit card's a baddie. <laughs> it's one of the best. You still didn't tell me how to buy Bitcoin. I've never bought Bitcoin. I've earned it, but that's I'm, different than purchasing. So, I mean, if you consider shopping a job, then I guess you earn I that wish, Bitcoin. I wish. What would you do if it was your first time buying Bitcoin? I mean, as an informed Bitcoin enthusiast, if you've heard nothing about Bitcoin, you've probably heard at least about Coinbase. And Coinbase is the de facto place to buy Bitcoin. You know, you sign up. And once you have an account, you can buy as much Bitcoin. I think there might be some limits, but you can buy as much Bitcoin as you want. The thing about Coinbase, though, is that they charge a fee. And so when I first started in Bitcoin, I, I was using Coinbase. And then this past year, I found this new, this new company, this new app called Strike. You know, the CEO is a really, he's really active in the Bitcoin community from a, you know, Bitcoin is going to save the planet type of approach. And the leadership at Coinbase is not? Or like what makes the leadership of Strike unique? Well, if you're directly comparing it to Coinbase, Coinbase isn't a Bitcoin only company. Oh. Bit, uh, Coinbase started with selling Bitcoin, but I think almost probably from day two, they sold Bitcoin and Ethereum. Strike only operates on Bitcoin. The Strike team believes in that ethos of Bitcoin and believes that all of those other projects serve no point. And I tend to agree with that. So when I found Strike, I just moved all of my Bitcoin purchasing onto Strike. So it's just the way like you would sign up for Venmo or pay or PayPal. You log in, you put in your bank information and you buy, you hit buy. Strike actually started out as a Venmo alternative. There's Venmo and then there's Strike. And what was different about them? Well, this is my point is that under the hood, Strike is built on top of Bitcoin. Venmo is built on top of the existing financial world. You only move dollars, euro, yen, or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Strike, in order to move money between people, uses Bitcoin technology. It only uses the legacy banking system to bring your dollars into their system, and that's it. All the moving of money inside of Strike is done on the Bitcoin network. That is Bitcoin technology. And Coinbase is like that as well. Coinbase is just, it's like, uh, I mean, you think of Coinbase as a stock exchange. Uh, okay. Like if you log into TD Ameritrade to buy stock, like mm -hmm. Coinbase operates like that. They sell almost every cryptocurrency on the market. Okay. 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 It is a place you can buy everything. Interesting. Strike only sells. So Bitcoin. you are listening to this podcast, but you're a multitasker. So you're also looking up Strike right now and downloading it. If you are considering signing up for Strike, we will put a link in the show description where you can sign up and get a free, I believe it's 10 or $11 now. Great. But if you're only interested in Bitcoin, use Strike. Awesome. So basically, I think what we should do is if at this point you are Bitcoin curious and you're, you're really trying to do this with us, just go get a Coinbase account. Spend what, like $20? You can buy as little as $1. You can buy as little as $1. But just do it so that we're kind of growing together. How does that sound? I'm not asking me and I'm asking them. 
How does that sound, guys? Let's do it. Okay, awesome. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to get a Coinbase account. No, not Coinbase. <laughs> Strike. <laughs> you can get whatever account you want, babe. No, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to get a, my own Strike account and I'm going to do things, generate questions, figure this all out, right? That's how we're going to do it. I'll teach you how to use Strike. <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm saying this now, but I might not do it. <laughs> I'm kidding. See, guys, this is the problem. It's because... Ian is so into it and Ian does it. It makes me lazy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll make sure that you do. <laughs> Before we end, I want to bring something up that you said. You said the ethos of Bitcoin. What is the ethos of Bitcoin? Um, there's a certain resistance quality to it in that if you understand how the world works, then you should understand that something like Bitcoin is pretty much the only thing that we have to fight against that. And we're not going to raise our own army. We're not going to go found our own country, right? Like those things aren't happening. But Bitcoin says you can convert all of your wealth into Bitcoin. You essentially have emigrated to the country of Bitcoin. It has no borders. It has no leader. There's no visa. But it is a different country with its own currency. The people that live in that country are going to now start living alongside the people that live in the current the current world. And we will be able to now run this experiment that we've been dying to run for a very long time, which is what happens when there's an alternative to the current system and you put choice back into the system. The beauty of Bitcoin, and this is again like the ethos, in my opinion, I don't think this, I'm sure it's written down somewhere, but in my opinion, the beauty of Bitcoin is that it is the most open country on the planet. There's no question of your race, ethnicity, creed, age, whatever. If you want to move to Bitcoin land and be a citizen, all you have to do is buy Bitcoin. Some other countries are allying with Bitcoin, aka El Salvador, right? Other countries are basically declaring war on Bitcoin called China. But the people that live in Bitcoin land do not live in China. So China cannot, and they actually can still, I take that back. The people that live in Bitcoin land can still live in China. China can never actually get rid of it, right? Right. So this, this new country that's been formed about 13 years ago now just continues to grow. And in some future time, we will look back and say, oh, yeah, Bitcoin was the fastest growing country in the world in 2022. We got about a billion residents right now, six billion ago. Yeah, that'll be the whole world. Eventually, I think the whole world. I think the question that a lot of people have is like, who came up with Bitcoin? A person, allegedly, or a group of people named Satoshi Nakamoto released a white paper stating, I think if we were to build a software system that operated like this, it could be the digital money of the internet. A bunch so of they didn't do anything. They just released the idea. No, they worked on it. They released the idea to a group of programmers and this oh. person or persons, Satoshi Nakamoto, worked with other people that still exist today. Yeah. Right? These people are still around. Work with this person or persons named Satoshi Nakamoto. But they won't say who it is. No one knows who they are. No one ever met the person. What, it was over a computer or something? Yeah, we live in the, in the world of the internet. Okay. Right? They gave that away. They could have made a company that had the technology that did this. Or they gave this away. They made sure it got done. And now they just keep buying a shit ton of it. So one of the interesting things about Bitcoin is you can see all the transactions. 
And while you may not know who is doing the transactions, you can see every transaction that has ever gone through the network. People have done a lot of digging, right? Like the creator of Bitcoin, people believe has an address that holds about a million Bitcoin. Those Bitcoin have never moved. So if those two things are true, then the person who created Bitcoin has a million Bitcoin and has never sold them or transferred them to anyone. They don't have to buy any Bitcoin because they already have a million coins. And if they ever want to prove that they are the creator, all they have to do is move those coins. If you can figure out a way to hack Bitcoin and get those coins, you either A, are Satoshi Nakamoto, Mm -hmm. or you're a great hacker because this system is basically unhackable. But the problem with that is if you were to hack the system and get those coins and move them, they would immediately become worthless because Bitcoin's true value is that it's unhackable. Well, I think on that note, we're going to have to leave you guys with another cliffhanger because this stuff is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It, it's almost like someone wrote a script. It, this, it's like a movie. It's, like, it's actually like a Netflix series that I like want to know how it ends, but I hope it never ends because it's so good. Like, Wow. Oh, 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 oh,